0: stepped outside and took a few deep breaths of cold fresh air beneath my parka i could still feel beneath my parka i could still feel the warmth of the fire on my back and i could still see the old woman's glowing eyes in front of me as i began to make my way through the trees i found myself chuckling as i followed her directions to the path what a story i murmured to myself why did she want to scare me probably just bored i gazed up at the sky the clouds parted revealing a bright full moon as I gazed up at it, a flash of silver moonlight made me blink. The strange silver light washed over me. I felt so cold, cold as ice.
1: Hello, and welcome to Say Podcast and Die. It's a queer pop culture podcast about goosebumps and horror. Yes,
0: and we are today just the two of us. We have childcare. Nobody has COVID. Knock on wood. <laughs> Who the hell are we? Andy, it's me. Alyssa is me. Yes. Humans are what we are, who know language is (laughs) just one.
1: And this week we are discussing Full Moon Fever.
0: Yes. Oh, man. Number 22. (laughs) (laughs) Tickety-two. Sorry. Um, There's like, it's another one of those ones like um, Jekyll and Heidi where it's not clear what the beast is, but I would say from this cover it looks like an alligator that's a wolf. We might call it a Florida man. <laughs> it it's posed too. It really reminded me, um, like it's less cartoony than a lot of what we get from Jacobus, and more like intense, muscly, like you'd get on a more pulpy cover where everyone's kind of hot. Not that I'm <laughs> saying I'm attracted to this creature.
1: Just, You're not not saying. I'm it. just saying he looks like he works out. He does. But, he looks very well muscled. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Big moon. Big moon, big fangs, big, big muscles.
0: Oh, and Harry Halloween to us all, by the way. Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) The the reason for the season. Mm Mm-hmm. How would you summarize this book?
0: Well, I'd start by saying it came out in October 1999, which I believe was a year I dressed up as a hippie, (laughs) back when flare-like pants were in. And look at us having come full circle. It's true. Um, I would summarize this book as uh, one that made Alyssa mad because she figured it out too early and what the twist was, and one that
1: I didn't see the twist coming. I didn't think the candy bars were significant in any way. Let me just say, it didn't make me mad. I was just annoyed that I was like, oh, there's still so much book left.
0: I'm glad that we're talking also, our listeners, through gradations of frustrated feelings.
1: (laughs) Annoyed is not the same thing as mad. Thank you. Where does it fall on the chart, honey? (laughs) Well, this book follows Robbie and his sister Alicia, who hear about something called full moon fever and then think they contract it and turn into beasts, go on quite a wild ride with their grandfather briefly our circus acts. And yeah. before figuring out that it wasn't full moon fever and actually they had cursed candy bars.
0: Yeah. On a plot element level. Um, and also kind of a plot structure level. It reminded me of don't go to sleep because mm-hmm. just a bunch of stuff happens.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: Good. Like, oh, you needed some more pages. So you added a side quest. <laughs> So I thought that the first part of this book was off to a great start with Grandpa John, who I think is probably
1: the kind of Grandpa Arl Stein is. Yeah. <laughs> I also, as a side note, GoosePunks, at some point I will probably call him Grandpa Joe. It just, it, it started happening in my notes and in my brain. It's going to happen.
0: Yeah, that's the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory guy, right? Yeah. Another bad granddad. Yeah. Who's kind of fun. Who also kind of tells tall tales. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I just can't go anywhere or help in any way at least this
1: one wears pants unless there's candy yes speaking of which he wears khaki overalls no shit i missed that oh yeah that sounds great that's a great khaki outfit. Khaki overalls and red flannel oh and but when we open robbie and alicia are like teasing their dog scruffy and it sets up their characters pretty well I yeah feel. i figured Was you liked one? them about as much as i did yeah this is a rough book for animals
0: Well, and it's a good setup, though. They're dicks to animals, and then they become animals. And continue to be dicks to animals. But they do get treated badly, so it's okay, karmically. (laughs) It's okay if you're mean as long as you're also
1: hurting. That's what hurt people hurt people's about, right? (laughs) Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's like, good. (laughs) Well, Grandpa John likes to scare them. He once told them a story about a fifth grader who was decapitated by his peers and then continued coming to school.
0: Yeah, and his his head was buried on the playground by the other children. Yeah. That's such a cool story. I bet Arlstein pitched that, and Scholastic was like, no. And he's like, well, it's going to be
1: in there anyway. Yeah,
0: gonna put it in. And then he tells a story about the bottom feeders, which I think was like a, an alternate version of Camp Cold Lake, where these drowned girls live as zombies, where they pull other people underwater to live with them forever. It's literally
1: going to be my shared universe, yeah.
0: Oh, well, you know. Yeah. For, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that, because I like it as a shared universe. Is, is Grandpa John involved in that world somehow
1: <laughs> well it seems like as we're gonna see he collects stories from places mm-hmm. so he starts telling them this time about full moon fever which he tells a long story about getting lost in the wilderness in canada It's like we get it you went to canada <laughs> <laughs> yeah aren't you special yeah. um maybe well I mean, first of all maybe that's where he knows a bunch of these stories because
0: he like walked onto the set of goosebumps or something <laughs> but second of all I just want to set up his house a little bit, because first of all, when they enter, he says, welcome to my home, said the spider to the fly, Mm -hmm. which is weird. Yeah. And um, his house smells of tobacco smoke and has a big roaring fire and I think raccoon, a raccoon problem. Yeah. Because he said raccoons destroyed his old armchair. He thinks. But he's got a new one now. Anyway, he makes popcorn and cider. And I'm just like, this is the coziest setting.
1: Yeah. Like unsettling and cozy. Although back when, like, you could have, like, a good character who ha- smells of tobacco. Yeah. It's the last gasp of this, I feel like, in a children's book.
0: Just like Uncle Joe, or Grandpa Joe.
1: Yeah. Didn't he have tobacco Charlie bought wait, for him? I think. Well, he tells th- them that full moon fever you can catch from looking at the full moon at just the right moment. And if you want to cure it, you have to wait till the next full moon and look at it at the right moment. But no one ever survives that long.
0: Yeah, and, and I want to put a sidebar because it gets into my shared universe later that he learned about it from this old woman who invited him into her cabin and made soup and her husband was a fur trapper but was mysteriously not there. We can get back to that. Also, this is the type of story in Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, they have a whole section in where it's designed so the last moment you, like, grab the person who's listening to your story and yell at them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a good type of story.
1: Well, we cut to Halloween and... Robbie and Alicia have had the flu, mm-hmm. so they have to pull together some last-minute Halloween costumes.
0: They homemade a yellow Teletubby and a Zorro costume, which really dates this book. It sure does. Yeah, I don't know if children still are into Teletubbies. I hope not. Yeah, I don't think that's a thing anymore. But this was a year after a big Zorro revival, because I remember in 1998, you, you know I'm talking about. Oh, I know right exactly about. what you're talking about. Antonio Banderas, Catherine Zeta-Jones. I mean, I think you said those in the wrong order, but yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This is when queer girls everywhere discovered uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones. That's true. Yes. Robbie also kicks their dog. Yeah, because he took away the dog's
1: sheet to make his Zorro costume. And the dog's like, excuse me, (laughs) give it back. And then they meet up with Maggie, who's going as a hairy beast. And she's wearing real fur. Um, although she doesn't know what it is. And Robbie jokes about it being baby seal. Mm-hmm. That's, again, this
0: anti-animal stuff is going to come back and get him, bite him, uh, as it were. Uh-huh. But um, I thought she sounds cool because she did a report on wolf packs for school. Maggie yeah. did. And she just, like, talks about wolves a lot now. Cool kid. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to hear her, you know,
1: get a drink with her. Exactly. Tell me about wolves. Yeah. But we don't get to learn about wolves because this book isn't about wolves. No. It's about trick or treating, so they go. They're getting their loot, and then they see Mrs. Eakin's house. And Robbie says, "Let's go there." And Alicia says, "She hates us. We probably shouldn't." But Robbie says, "We're in costumes." And they say, "When they kicked a soccer ball through her window, she quote
0: screamed at them like a lunatic." Hey, uh, hey. Luna, tick. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and she wouldn't give their soccer ball back. <laughs> wouldn't either i think i would what i'm gonna it's gonna take up space in my place i'm spiteful huh she sounds cool everyone says she's a witch she has really good skin mm-hmm. full red lips long wavy white hair and is wearing a black jumper
1: over a black turtleneck yeah she sounds like a super rad lady she does she's nice to them she says well you know what are you and she gives them something called a best bar and Alyssa, at this point was like well we kiss we can skip to the end <laughs> Nothing to see here. Then they, then Robbie catches sight of the full moon and dares his sister to stare at it with him. And they do. It's like, you're not staring at the sun. You don't collapse from that, but they do. Well, full moon fever. It's true.
0: Um, well then they go into like a haze. They feel a jolt of electricity. And next thing they know, they're back
1: in bed. Robbie wakes up. He is covered in hair. He can't really speak. Alicia, he goes to see her and she's trying to talk to her through the door, but he can only kind of grunt alicia is also a beast she also can't really speak this is the point at which i fell asleep when i was first reading it they how can you fall asleep they have jagged rows of yellow teeth
0: (laughs) the book does not the cover does not do justice to how scary that sounds i think when i started this book we had just gotten back from driving across the country oh right yes this was a while ago mom doesn't recognize them Mm -hmm. and is afraid of them but not afraid enough
1: yeah she says i'm gonna call the police
0: Yeah, well, I think this is more monster prejudice in the first Because she says, what are you, monsters? And then she's like, get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's
1: real Karen. And then they go rampaging, and they love how it feels.
0: Yeah, this is another one of those instances we got, you know, all the way back in The Haunted Mask, where unleashing your anger is really satisfying, but you need an excuse to do it. That's what Halloween is. And you call it, oh, being possessed, which I really don't want to be, (laughs) but actually. Yeah.
1: But then they eat live squirrels.
0: Yes, and they can feel it tremble and quiver. Yeah. They see everything through a red haze. Um, At the same time that they're full of this uncontrollable rage and they do all this fucked up stuff, they also feel very in touch with their sort of natural side. They just want to run and eat and it's all uncomplicated. They don't have to think about, you know,
1: long division (laughs) or whatever. Yeah. And then the text sort of backs off from the very distorted speech. And then so basically in every sentence you get like one repeated letter (laughs) Yeah, they they practice talking. Yeah, and then they decide they have to go find Grandpa Jo not Grandpa Joe, Grandpa John, because he knows about full moon fever. And they say, you know what? Maggie's brother drives. Let's go to Maggie's. Mm-hmm, but they're so hungry.
0: And so they're just like – a lot of this book is them waiting. Yeah. Um, Which I think makes sense as a monster's life, you know? As a child's life, too. Both, yeah. So they're waiting for everyone to get out of school, and they're just eating, like, b- worms and bugs. Um. For some reason, they wander over to a shed
1: and trip over a bunch of stuff and... Start crushing a child's bike. Yeah. And then a guy comes out with a rake and then sees them and is frightened. And they they really aggress him. And then Robbie bites him.
0: Yeah. I know. And he's running away. He's like, I bit, I bit a man. <laughs>
1: I know. He says it a lot. He's like, I bit a man. I mean, I don't know what else you'd say. Yeah. We do not eat people. <laughs> we do not bite a man. <laughs>
0: um... And then they have to eat sewer bugs, which honestly made me gag a little bit. Uh, You know, because you think of, like, Kobe beef and then analogize that to sewer bugs. And
1: I wouldn't have made the Kobe beef connection. I just
0: I can't help myself sometimes. Okay.
1: well, they find Maggie. They manage to convince her that it's them, which is no small feat. It's all that practicing talking. Yeah. And maybe there is something about them that resembles themselves.
0: I think Grandpa Joe, John, Joe John.
1: <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I know I'm not making
0: you do it. No, that was the, in um, Orange County. Jack Black's fake name was Joe John. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Grandpa Jack Black. Yeah. Grandpa Jack Black. <laughs> um, said, I forget what I was saying. Oh, yeah. Said his eyes were still the same. I
1: think it was him. Well, Maggie is all set to help them. Uh, She goes to find her brother. And then Robbie starts eating her fucking goldfish. And she comes back, catches him, and is horrified. Yeah. And then she's like, get
0: out. And so they get out and they throw her pumpkin at the door. And then they eat some of it. (laughs) They're little pricks. They are. It's kind of funny, honestly. That's like so chaotic. They
1: would really fit in with the kid from Headless Halloween. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Except they seemed like fine
1: before this. Did they?
0: Well, I guess we just didn't see enough of them. Like, the kid in this Halloween knew he
1: was a big bully. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's proud of it. Whereas these kids, I think they think they're fine,
0: but they're kind of dicks. I feel like a lot of Halloween stories are about bullying, now that I think about it. Like, mm-hmm. Halloween stories for children? Yeah. A lot of them are about bullies. Yeah. Like, Pocus Pocus. That's a downer. Well, I mean, it's usually about... Revenge. Re- yeah. yeah. Like, um, Trick or Treat, mm-hmm. also about bullies. And that... uh was it a Stephen King's story or the one that's in um, Creepshow that we always mention? We've mentioned it a few times at least. Yeah. It's just a lot of bully stuff. That's true. Maybe it's because it's the night when kids are all out and you're like, oh no,
1: the rules are lifted. Yeah, but and I'm I- in a mask and they can't tell who I am. Yeah. Well, they realize they're going to have to walk to Grandpa John's. So they walk all night. and They get there, and as we mentioned, they were able to convince them convince him that it's them. And
0: they they ate roadkill jackrabbit along the way. Like so much of this book is either waiting or eating disgusting things. Yeah. Which, again, I think probably accurate to being a wild animal. Yeah. Not as cool as you might think.
1: Waiting or eat, waiting to eat, basically.
0: Yeah, and then what eating being what you eat being like probably full of bacteria. Yeah, it's a little bit like my life too.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well. Yeah, that's what yogurt's all about, right? <laughs> Once Grandpa John, you know, get, gets over his initial reaction, he says, I can't help you because there's no such thing as full moon fever. Yeah, I really made that up. And there was a hot second where the kids are pretty sure they're going to eat him.
0: hmm Yeah, they get really, really hungry. Um, it's kind of a mythic moment, I felt. You know, shades of, like, what's his name? Kronos eating mm-hmm. his children? Yeah. Yeah. Like, am I going to devour the past generation?
1: Yeah. Well, they keep their appetites under control and they say, Take us to the woman who told you that story. Apparently, that part of the story was real. Yeah. (laughs) Apparently, he did
0: go to Canada. So we get to go to Canada Canada. on a plane.
1: And and the the kids have to fly cargo in uh, animal carriers. And they keep wanting to eat dogs the whole time. Yeah. I want to break out. Yeah. I also just want to flag. It is really difficult to fly internationally with animals, so Grandpa John really has the shit together. Yeah, I think
0: he's, like, a pretty together guy, despite the fact that he can't keep track of his armchairs. (laughs) Um, Also, I was noticing, like, speaking of degrees of annoyance to anger, the way that this book explores anger, I think, is pretty cool. Um, And again, accurate to, like, what it's like being a wild animal, I assume, because they basically feel just a lot of fear and aggression. Yeah. Right? They're, like, fearful because they're under this airplane hold. They're frustrated because there's all these dogs around and they're hungry and want to eat them and also want them to shut up. And it just makes them like
1: more and more aggressive. Yeah. And they're confined. Yeah. Well, so they get to Canada. They go into the wilderness and they manage to find the old woman's cabin.
0: Which this is not how I pictured Canada. She comes out with a rifle.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they're actually in Canada. Yeah. But uh, maybe they went all the way to Alaska. That makes more (laughs) sense. And, and And so Grandpa John... Reminds her about the story of Full Moon Fever. And she says, it's just a story. Yeah. And, she says she just completely made it up. And when he insists, like, no, it, it affected my my grandchildren, she says, a story is a story. Yes. The end. <laughs> a happy tooth is a happy tooth, right? Oh, yeah. From um, Return to Horrorland. I think we're collecting some good aphorisms <laughs> from The Goose Verse. You know, if we just put them all into one book and said it was philosophy, I bet some people would be really into it. I would publish the hell out of a Goosebumps aphorism collection. (laughs) Well, this old woman, she says, I can't help you, but why don't you try crazy old Dr. Thorne? So it's a good sign. Sounds (laughs) promising.
0: (laughs) And so he's lived in the woods for 70 years. So this is 1999. So he moved there in
1: 1929.
0: Ah, stock market crash, you think? That's what I think. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, I'm going,
1: going back to nature. Yeah. They go there and they meet... A younger man who says, oh, I'm his son, Dr. Thorne Jr. And they also notice that the house is surrounded by fishing poles, even though there's no water. And there's a boat. And
0: I thought this was a Deliverance reference because they say, um, you know, someday these woods will flood and we'll be ready. Yeah. And uh, Dr. Thorne Jr., his name is Roger, but everyone calls him Wolf, but he doesn't know why. So I guess I was wrong when I said there's no wolves in this story, but that's <laughs> – in this weird, like postmodern way, the wolf that we get,
1: yeah. And Grandpa John says, "Well, if your is your father a doctor?" and and Wolf says, "That's what he tells everyone," which I laughed. <laughs> the crazy old lady, or whatever she is, the old
0: lady said he was a real doctor once. I don't think you stop being a doctor.
1: You can lose your license.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Two different things. Yeah, Maybe he didn't uh, have to leave because of the
1: stock market crash. Maybe (laughs) he did something super illegal. Also, maybe he just told people he was a doctor once. I mean. So they asked to see Dr. Thorne Sr. And Wolf takes off a wig and some prosthetics. He's been pretending to be his own son.
0: Or is he? Fair. Because it could be a multiple personality thing um i was also thinking what's happening here because i was thinking of deliverance right um i'm sure alfstein has seen deliverance i'm sure he has the right age at the right time um i was thinking uh this is as close as goosebumps can get to like incest
1: hill family there's a lot of that in this the sort of like suggested right? incense incest yeah yeah so in incense inc- <laughs> incest so in this case we have a father and
0: son who are the same person Which is like played for goofiness, but I felt like a little bit of overlap with that genre.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I did too. And then also there's something so creepy in the way that he talks about how – he dresses up as Wolf to keep himself company. Uh-huh. And then he says like, oh, there are all these books. I should have had Wolf read them because his eyes are better than mine. So
0: that's why I thought of multiple personality Oh, I think so too. Yeah, Because yeah, yeah. that's like a thing that people will always say. I think, I don't know which, um, what the original source was, but it gets repeated all the time. From like
1: Sybil or something yeah, like that. Yeah, where
0: it's like, oh, and you could tell that it was a real change because you suddenly developed a when you switched into this other personality. Yeah, there's a really good episode of You're Wrong
1: About about the book Sybil, which sort of originated a lot of these tropes. I really want to read it someday. It's very uncomfortable. I, there's a part at which I was like, I think Dr. Thorne is like Canadian Dr. Satan. Oh. Yeah. Dr. Satan from um, House, Thousand,
0: of, a House of a Thousand Corpses. Yes. I think he'd be more like Captain Howdy. I guess so. Rolled into one along with the Firefly family. Yeah. He's
1: like, he's like the kid's version of that.
0: Right. But we never actually meet Dr. Satan because they, they leave before it gets to that point. Oh,
1: oh, I see. You think we didn't We didn't actually meet Dr. Satan. Well,
0: because Dr. Satan was like the hell beast under the ground at the very end of the movie, yeah. right? Like, spoiler. <laughs> and
1: I feel like we don't quite get to that point here. Okay, fair enough. We just have the one who's like, got something up his sleeve. Well, he does drop a bunch of nets on them and says, I'm going to make you famous. And then three weeks pass. Things move very quickly. Uh, he basically has a little side show and he advertises them as Dr. Thorne's monster kids oh my god you're right this is fucking House of a Thousand Corpses so there's two-headed boy and there's a
0: woman with a fishtail which is what happens to Dwight Schrute
1: yeah that's right oh god
0: that scene that was the moment where I was watching that House of a Thousand Corpses and was like this is a good movie <laughs> it's like a really good movie
1: also I like that that you said that's what happens to Dwight Schrute as if there's an overlap between House of a Thousand Corpses and The Office and that's the actual fate of that <laughs> character <laughs> um, So I would like to
0: point out it's a fricking mermaid (laughs) or not a fricking mermaid. In fact, just a woman with a fishtail. So not like the Fiji mermaid. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Which was not a a woman, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, uh, their lives suck. Uh, grandpa John is being held prisoner and then they realize that it's going to be the full moon soon. And Robbie has a plan. He wants to cure themselves and then they can escape. But the night of the full moon, Dr. Thorne doesn't come to bring them their nightly meal, and Robbie realizes, oh, he doesn't want us to be able to see the moon so that we won't turn back. So Dr. Thorne must believe this story he made up. That tracks with this character, doesn't it?
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um, Or it's like a very complex level of gaslighting. Or he just fucking forgot.
1: Yeah, maybe. Doesn't seem like a great caretaker. That's true.
0: Yeah. Yeah. God, I feel like I would have liked to spend a little more time in the universe of Dr. Thorne, but maybe he'll come back in a future book.
1: We jump very quickly between things that, like, I think it was, like, this could have been developed a little bit more mm-hmm. and been really satisfying, but, like, oh, no, so they bust out, um, and then Dr. Thorne shows up with a whip, but they pounce on him. Yeah.
0: And it, so, they yeah, they bent the bars open with just their rage, and then they, like, grab him and they throw him in the cage. And then straight up just leave. Yeah. So he probably dies. Yeah.
1: Well, if the cage is open, then probably not. No, they they lock him, though. They lock him in. But they bet the bars open. Oh. Well. (laughs) doesn't sound like a very good trap. I mean, they're children. Uh, (laughs) But, uh, yeah, that's the other thing. I was like, well, why didn't you try this sooner? Um, But they get Grandpa John. Eventually. Not right away. That's
0: true. (laughs) I think they realize they need someone to buy a plane ticket.
1: Yeah. And also then – there's this sort of offhand note like grandpa john then wired their parents and said i'm bringing the kids home but you know prepare yourselves for something strange they've been gone for a month a month and so like imagine if one of our parents like just took our kid and then a month later you got an email being like we're coming back but prepare yourself something's weird about her maybe this is a having two kids thing you <laughs> know you're just like eh. <laughs> I, no news is good news <laughs> You know what? Babysitting's expensive.
0: <laughs> Just having some quality time with their extended family member. Um, also, again, on Canada not being what I thought. Like the randos who show up to this circus, like laugh and throw peanuts at them, yeah, and shout insults at them. Again, not what I expected. You expected more polite circus
1: goers in Canada? Yeah, well, I mean, Arlstein has been there at this point, so he should know. (laughs) So you're saying he's, like, deliberately maligning Canada at this point? Perhaps. Mm. They go home. Parents aren't home, but Scruffy the dog is. And Robbie wants to eat Scruffy. Yeah. And even though Scruffy's being so sweet, it's like a real Odysseus moment. Yeah, he recognizes them. And so... Robbie gets over that impulse, and then Scruffy goes to get into Robbie's Halloween candy, which is exactly where he left it a yeah. month ago. I can't believe his parents haven't eaten it. You <laughs> know, right? It'd be gone. Yeah. And then once that happens, the penny drops because he, he Robbie picks up one of the candy bars and realizes it says Beast Bar. It's the the answer is learn to read. Yeah, that's the one moral in the Goose Books, and then buy more Goose Books. Yeah. So you can read better. Yeah. You won't get tricked. And then they realize it was Mrs. Eakin's. Yeah, she cursed them. So they go up, they go over and start trashing her house. And Alicia starts choking her. Yeah, they're going to kill her. And then Robbie sees she has like lots of lots of different bars, one of which is called a cure bar. And so he's like, ah, never mind. I got a fistful of these. Let's eat them. And then Mrs. Eakin says... You will grow smaller and smaller. And they're like, fuck you, whatever. We have our candy bars. And they start growing smaller. Because Because. it's actually called a curse bar. da (laughs) Um, I like the idea of her having a house full of bars. I have a whole, I have lots of questions about her setup in her house.
0: I just feel like I know, you know, sometimes when you're living by yourself, you don't want to make a whole meal. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I feel like like she's not eating curse bars and beast bars. I think that she is maybe having a little side business, like an Etsy store where you can buy these different magically Ooh, infused bars. That's cool. Yeah. Or like you know how eBay instituted that policy where you like can't like sell a ghost or something. Maybe there's a way around that because technically you're getting a thing that you can consume. You can sell something to make someone else a ghost. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Now I'm kind of picturing her. Did you ever see um The Emperor's New Groove? Yes. So she's like Isma. Yes. It's been many years, but I think so. Yeah. The poison. Yeah. The poison specifically designed to kill Cusco. Cusco's yeah. poison. Yeah. That poison. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get into horror taxonomies. My first one: scary old man. Oh. There's a lot of creepy old men who seem creepy.
1: Period. but then might the
0: help you out in the world, but also in horror. Yeah. And my main example of this is, um, Dr. Alan Grant in the hunt for the wilder people. Oh, wasn't that movie good?
1: Um, so you mean Sam Neill, right? No, I mean, Dr. Alan Grant <laughs> in the hunt for oh, the Oh, you're people. right. That is, that is the, the sequel to Jurassic Park. It took him about um, 40 years. But yes. He finally started to be okay
0: with children. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. It could be the sequel to Jurassic Park. Um, yeah. So, uh, This has the two, Grandpa John, Grandpa Joe would be another example, like an unreliable kind of creepy old man who will break the rules with you, uh, but is your pal. Like the guy who uh, salts the sidewalks in Home Alone.
1: Yeah, Yeah. exactly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think there's kind of a grandparent thing there too, where it's like uh, easier to be treated like a person by a grandparent rather than a parent sometimes, Mm -hmm. because they don't feel a specific response. They feel a vague responsibility (laughs) towards you, but
1: like not as... Much concern. This seems like especially a grandfather trope rather yeah. than grandmother, I would say. Sure. My first one was Sideshow Children. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because they end up being sort of exhibited. And I thought of The Phantom of the Opera in the novel. That's yeah. that's part of Eric's origin story. And in the movie. And in the, the movie. But they they bring that back. Not in the play? No, not in the musical. That's what I meant. Yeah. Um, and then also Robin in Batman, right? He and his family are yeah. also his performers. So yeah. it's not Sideshow specific, but like he uh, is somebody people gawk at.
0: Right. Um, but yeah, the Sideshow children. I mean, I think a lot of times it's a stand in for like we're going to talk about a traumatizing childhood, but do like an extreme version of it and especially amping up the part where nobody wants to help you. It's not just yeah. nice that your caretakers are abusing you, but nobody cares. No, yeah, And in fact, they're getting enjoyment out of your pain. Yeah, exactly. My next category was lunacy. Ooh. And And uh, my favorite example of lunacy, uh, you know, going mad during the full moon is the uh, Exiles episode X-Cops, <laughs> where they do it like it's an episode of the show Cops, uh, but, like, the full moon is making everyone see fear, yeah. their fears realized. It's yeah. a really good episode, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I looked up a Scientific American article by Scott Lillianfield about lunacy in the full moon. Cause apparently, like, a lot of people do believe that crime goes up during the full moon because of the gravitational pull. And yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. There are police departments that have even a- have added officers on the full moon, uh, during those nights, um, because of like higher crime rates purportedly. And basically any objective study says no. Yeah. I mean, there's not higher crime. And also, so I guess Aristotle and Pliny the Elder, as well as modern sort of pseudoscientists, say, well, it's because of the gravitational pull of the moon on the water in your body. And this article was saying, so first of all, a mosquito sitting on your arm exerts a more powerful gravitational pull. Because <laughs> it's closer? Yeah. You don't have like mosquito lunacy. And then um, second, the moon's gravitational force affects only open bodies of water. So unless you are missing the top of your head... <laughs> It's not going to affect you. Wow, I didn't know that about the moon's gravitational force. I didn't either. And, you know, Scientific American could be could be lying to me. But, oh, the third thing also is they're like, okay, and this should have been obvious, but, like, the moon is still completely there when it's not full. <laughs> yeah, it's just got a shadow it's over it. It's the same size moon. It's the same moon. <laughs> I
1: don't know why that had never occurred to me. It, yeah. That's true. It has not changed. Yeah. Yeah, there's some like beast part of our brain that was like, oh, you can't see it. It's not all there. But yeah. I mean, it's all there. Beware. Yeah, the, the man, ha- the, the sky
0: god has eaten part of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to get past that part of your brain that's yeah. like, but I see what I see. Yeah. The earth is flat, etc. Like when
1: there was the blood moon a few months ago. Was yeah. Like, wow, no. So rad though. Well, my next one was family dinner. Oh, that's horror. Yeah. And I was thinking about specifically raw. Goose punks. I'd like to take this moment to just
0: address the fact that this is the airplane episode. Because apparently every fucking plane in New York City is flying over our apartment <laughs> in this podcast recording session. So, no. you know, enjoy. Maybe one of you's on them right now. Listening to
1: our words. <laughs> I don't know. In a weird time loop. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, so I thought about Raw And specifically the part where the protagonist eats her sister's finger because it feels like like it's like that was so gross. It's cannibal. It's oh, and I that exact moment was when I took a bite of Twizzler, and it was the wrong moment. Yeah. Um. But it also feels like this like stand-in for incest. Yeah. Which the moment where they're about to eat Grandpa Joe, I felt like felt very uncomfortable. Yes. Also, Grandpa John felt very uncomfortable in that way. Yes. Where it's like there's something there's like a an energy and hunger here that is. Feels inappropriate.
0: I agree. Yeah, I mean, there's something pretty intimate about eating a person.
1: I would, I would imagine so.
0: Yeah, pretty fucked up. And um, I like your pun, family dinner. Uh huh. Uh huh. But yeah, it's like I said, it's a Saturn thing too, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and I think also, like I kind of alluded to, then there's an aspect, a Freudian type aspect of like fear of how generations replace each other and all of that, um, and then that moving backwards or forwards, the older generation eating the next one or vice versa yeah, exactly. is a cause of horror. Yeah, I had fucked up uh, fucked up hunger as one of my categories. Nice. Um, I thought of the trope of the hungry ghost because they had this overpowering hunger, which one variation of the hungry ghost is um, like they have like a tiny throat and a really big stomach, but they can't <laughs> ever fill it. Oh, wow. I felt like that's kind of how these characters were. Um and then the things that they ate wanted to eat were inappropriate. So I thought of
1: like the movie Swallow and the movie Compulsion. Oh yeah. Yeah. Now that I think about it, I feel like Swallow was almost less upsetting than this book. <laughs> it's just <an> objects. <laughs> yeah. Um Compulsion about
0: the same. Yeah. Eating uh carry on moss?
1: Yeah. Worse than oh yeah, objects. we should be clear. Not the Ro- Roman Polanski compulsion. No, no, no. I mean the one
0: where Heather Graham eats Carrie Ann Moss. Yeah. It's a really good movie.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Gay. Super gay. Childhood trauma. Eating disorders. Chef. Chefs. Chefs. Lots of food. Chefs. Yeah, really beautiful shots of food. If you like Great British Bake Off, <laughs> and you're kind of got a lot of, I don't know, Fucked up issues about food and parents.
1: This might be the movie for you. <laughs> well, my next category is called "I'm My Own Best Friend," which is a line I stole from Mel Brooks. Uh, yeah. That's what what the mog the mog says in Spaceballs. Oh, that's He's right. Half man, half dog. I'm you're right. You're right. Well, uh, so this is things where someone develops basically a another personality or an imaginary yeah. friend. So, Black Swan uh, identity. Uh, the machinist, fight club. Like it's very common once you have the multiple or split personality trope.
0: Yeah, but it has this nice element of it of like, you know, all the lonely people, where do mm-hmm. they all come from? Yeah, right. Inside my head. Yeah, that's sad. Yeah. A beautiful mind, another mm-hmm. one. So do you feel like Doctor Thorne is lonely? I had to create Not son. anymore.
1: Mm. <laughs> do you think that he's the son or the father? I think he's the father. Do you think one of them killed the other? I don't think he ever had a son, like a real mm-hmm. son. I think he just has uh whoever handy that he needs. Yeah. Also... He named his son after himself, too. He's like, I'm Dr. Theron (laughs) Jr. I know. I think that that,
0: um, them being the same person kind of nicely gets at how kind of weird it is to name your kid after yourself. Yeah. Like, no offense if you did. It's also fine. But, you know, as a practice abstracted from any individual, it's a bit weird.
1: And it's not dissimilar from the kids wanting to eat their grandfather I was thinking that, too, because it's like,
0: then we'll never die if I just name my offspring after myself. Yeah. The family name lives on. And it's like, ah, only one can live. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah that's yeah mythic man. Um I had caged animal. Mm-hmm. Um so stories where you are put into the perspective of a caged animal. Um the novel Planet of the Apes. Mm-hmm. I actually really liked uh and I think I told you about this back in August when I was first reading this that so I don't remember exactly the details of the Planet of the Apes novel. I read it in high school, but I remember they like travel to a different planet, like past Beetlejuice or something. Um so different than the movie, haven't seen the movie, but I remember in the book that the character, the main character gets
1: exhibited in a zoo
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it's really uncomfortable for him. It's really, like very shaming and awkward. There's a twilight zone about that too, where they travel to another planet and they put them in like in a habitat and they're like, this is the human, in it's natural habitat. It sounds like that twilight zone. Writer might've read Planet of the Apes recently. <laughs>
0: um, and then there's a poem by, I think the 14th century Sufi poet Hafez um, called the Two Bears, that kind of gets it this, so, if you don't mind. Once, after a hard day forage, two bears sat together in silence on a beautiful vista, watching the sun go down and feeling deeply grateful for life. Though after a while a thought provoking conversation began, which turned to the topic of fame. One bear said, Did you hear about Rustum? He has become famous and travels from city to city in a golden cage. He performs for hundreds of people, who laugh and applaud his carnival stunts. The other bear thought for a few seconds, then started weeping. Oh, I know.
1: Yeah. I like it. It also reminds me of um, a hunger artist. This man is exhibited in a cage while yeah. he starves. Yeah.
0: Wait, who is that by? Kafka. That's Kafka. Oh, yeah. there you go. I should read that. You should read more Kafka. Oh, you not know, read it? No. Oh. So, yeah, caged animal stories, but the kids don't learn anything, as you pointed out, which is the Kafka
1: ending. Yeah. Well, my last one was Curses. Curses. Curses drag me to hell thinner this is kind of so those are about someone being cursed and trying to uh escape it there's a more recent stephen king i think it's a novella i I listened to it recently called elevation that this guy discovers that gravity is having less and less of an effect on his body Uh, so he's like not losing mass but is losing weight (laughs) uh yeah oh (laughs) because stephen king remembered something from high school yeah (laughs) And it it doesn't play out like thinner or something like that, but it has the same effect of, oh, there's a progressive change happening to your body that you can't do anything about the same yeah. way that smaller and smaller thing does at the end.
0: Oh, that's cool. Good curse, too. Good curse. Good curse. Oh, wow. Now you just made me think of something I hadn't before, which is um, whether any aspect of the curse that this person – mrs e ms e what's her name eekins eekins <laughs> what Ekins creates um if she is in cahoots with spidey at all uh mm-hmm. in camera design curses
1: well i think we had like some fundamental disagreements about how the camera worked right because is it predicting the future is it causing it but yes i can see what you mean it works by different mechanism but it's mm-hmm. the same outcome yeah i guess i wonder if there's like similar programming going
0: into the bar and into the camera I guess so. I don't. I don't know the extent to which you program a bar. <laughs> <laughs> what do you call cooking?
1: <laughs> Programming <laughs>
0: food. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, well, that was a, that was a side a point um, you were saying. That that was my point. Ah, curses! Curses! My final one was tainted candy. Yeah, it classic. happens on Halloween. Halloween two. I forgot has a razor blade in a candy bar moment. The kid in the hospital bleeding out his mouth. We already mentioned trick-or-treat. Anyway, Tainted Candy Bars. Yeah. It doesn't usually happen. But I don't want to say it doesn't happen, because
1: it does sometimes, and it's really fucking scary story. Yeah. Shared universe. Yeah. You scooped my first one, which is the Zombie Lake Girls, the bottom feeders, and are they in any way related to the curse of Camp Cold Lake?
0: Yeah, I think that, like you said, Grandpa John has been picking up stories, and he's kind of a Lucy Dark. Yeah,
1: that's true. Yeah. Um, And some of the stories, it seems like, are stories from elsewhere in the Gooseverse. And I can see how those stories, he's not saying this is the true account of what happened. I'm concerned with the facts. It's like gone through a game of telephone a little bit. It's like, oh, there are these zombie girls in the lake. Yes, he includes the frame tale to give it both an air of realism and some
0: plausible, you know, like, oh, well, maybe this is what happened. You don't know which parts are real and which aren't, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Because that's the cool thing about, like, urban legends is, you know, there's some kernel of truth.
1: Yeah. Is there? Yeah, usually. Like, the guy who escaped from the hospital with a hook for a hand, is there a kernel of truth there?
0: Yeah, that people are terrified of what's going to happen to them if they break the rules.
1: Because they were making out in the car? Yeah. I guess so. Someone's going to ruin your life, potentially,
0: for sexual misconduct. And actually, probably the scariest one is the person who's telling you that story to try and keep you from you know having autonomy I guess so we
1: really had to sort of veer to get to
0: that kernel of truth well though. I mean that's one of the yeah. kernels of truth and one of the kernels of truth is disabled people who have been treated horribly through
1: most of history that's also true yeah alright I okay I was going a little bit more literal with the like oh well once somebody got attacked with somebody by a hook for a hand yeah, well yeah.
0: and another true thing is there are serial killers around that's Veers, true and, and and some of those stories are very horrible and haunting
1: fair enough so I stand corrected <laughs>
0: <laughs> sorry so yes I think that uh, the goose first seems like it would be ripe, rife, one of those, with good urban legends. Probably, yes. I wanted to know if these children were turned into any other creatures that we've seen or monsters that we've seen. The anger problem reminded me a lot of Jekyll and Heidi.
1: The goldfish eating reminded me of Mortman. What's interesting and kind of different about what happens is that they don't ever shift back on their own. Because, like, Mm -hmm. Heidi, uh, her cousin, is normal during the day. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Mortman can also look human when he wants to, but this is really a, like, perma-change. It really prevents them from blending in and being able to live normal lives the way you know, the darks do.
0: But maybe they haven't learned to control it yet because they're able to learn to um, speak, Mm -hmm. right? So... But I think you're right. I think it is more of a chicken chicken story. This yeah. is basically chicken chicken. This is chicken chicken, yeah. But like with less connection to like a coherent storyline.
1: Yes. Relatedly, my next question was gonna be does Mrs. Eakins either hang out with or visit the same message boards as Vanessa, Clarissa, these, yes, Cisco? And and the
0: answer is yes. Yeah. Right.
1: <laughs> yeah. I
0: I would love um ace series, you know how there's like the Whatever uh, Goosebumps most wanted. I would love a Goosebumps most witches. Yeah, um, that's just about all these this this crew and their whatever they do have town hall meetings. Yeah, <laughs> fight on message boards about each other's Etsy accounts. Yeah, is your sage
1: really organic?
0: Yeah, I don't think it is. Yeah, circulate petitions. <laughs> okay, uh, my other shared universe was the about the old woman in the woods. Is she a robot? Oh, like from Legend Legend of the Lost Legend. Legend. Mm -hmm. And is there a whole series of old woman robots who monitor forests throughout (laughs) the Gooseverse? What few forests remain? Because we know that so many of the forests have been cut down to make like timber falls or whatever all the towns are called. Yeah. All the Redwood Homes.
1: Legend of the Lost Legend was in Europe, right? Somewhere in Europe. I thought of her a bit more like the Tom Savini looking guy from the Werewolf of Fever Swamp. Just, like, a, a loner oh, it was. woods. Where it's like, yeah, my husband's totally coming home. Uh-huh. You better leave. Uh, but I don't know. I, hmm, robot. Could be.
0: If she's not a robot, I think that she knows something about Dr. Thorne. Like, I think maybe her and Dr. Thorne colluded on something or other. They're, like, watching each other, covering up for each other in some way.
1: Or maybe she doesn't want people to know she's there, so she sends them to Dr. Thorne knowing that he'll oh. take care of them. Even if it's not a directly in cahoots then. So
0: she's Dr. Satan. Yeah. She's there doing you something go.
1: even worse. Yeah.
0: Wow, I love it. I mean I'm disturbed by it. Which which we love. Do you have any other shared universe? That's it. I have one theory and query. Mm-hmm. My theory slash query is so do you know where the title Full Moon Fever perhaps comes from? Yes, it's a song, right? It's Tom Petty's nineteen eighty nine debut solo studio album, which includes the songs. Free Fallen and I Won't Back Down. (laughs) I mean, it might also be, like, something else, but that's what my quick Google told me. And I was wondering if there are any connections between either the song Free Falling" or I Won't Back Down to this story.
1: Well, is their rampage maybe like a free fall? Mm. Just like, I'm falling out of society. Yeah. I don't need anything anymore. It's been a long time since I listened to that song. Do you think that
0: they love um, America, too? Or Horses?
1: They probably love to eat horses. They probably love to eat horses. Yeah. I don't know about America. I don't I, I don't think they probably have very specific feelings about America. Although, they seem to have a fear of Canada, maybe. I mean, I think that it became justified over the course <laughs> of this book. Yeah. Yeah, I guess they would love to eat horses. Okay, cool. Yeah,
0: sure. I mean, I Won't Back Down is probably the more likely <laughs> relevant song just from the time. I don't know what else the lyrics are in that
1: song. Maybe. Do you have any other T's and Q's? Well, I've kind of brought it up already, but, like, what is Mrs. Eakin's whole deal? Why is she making candy? Why does she label them so well and so clearly? Apparently Um, not. Clearly (laughs) enough for illiterate children. (laughs) Does she have a candy business? Oh,
0: Grandpa Joe.
1: Oh, hey. Grandpa Joe John.
0: (laughs) And... Mrs. Eakin's name is not like Willy Wonka in any way, no, no, but maybe that's another element to this story. It's a morality tale involving children being transformed into something, uh, potentially could kill them or someone else. Um, and it
1: involves illicitly eating candy. But it wasn't illicit. Well, their eating candy was not illicit, it was. Halloween. Yeah, what it did is they really do wrong? They, just,
0: they annoyed well, her in the past.
1: Yeah. Yeah, this is her revenge. This is her Carly Beth moment, really. That's true. Um, but she has so much of it that, like, either she was really dealing out a lot of revenge or this is just a, like, thing that she do- – like, she just has curse bars around and – but also properly labels them and doesn't take the label off when she gives them to kids. I mean, maybe it's a like, she can say, well, I warned you. It was clearly labeled. You can't sue me because. (laughs) Yes, this is
0: okay. You've figured it out for me, I think. So, you know, in stories, say the Salem witch era or like the, the movie, the witch, right? There's like, Oh, it's the old lady in the woods who knows things. She's the wise woman and she has potions and she could kill you or she could make you fall in love or whatever. So she is the version of that that has moved to suburban America and lived through the class action lawsuit (laughs) era of the 80s and 90s. So this is 1999 and she's like, hey, it said right on the label yeah at no point did I claim that this cereal actually contained real pomegranate or real blueberries.
1: <laughs> it clearly says curse,
0: yes, it clearly says artificially flavored also so <laughs> but
1: also, I feel like she doesn't artificially flavor her bars
0: no i' I'm, I mean yeah, I'm sure they're ethically sourced <laughs>
1: <laughs> ethically sourced cursed bars,
0: yeah. yeah, I like that. Well, that's what I got. Well, it's interesting, too, because now I'm thinking of the old woman in the woods and how there are like two versions of
1: each other. Mm-hmm. The woman who gives you soup in the woods and the woman who gives you candy bars in the house. I mean, she doesn't actually give you candy bars in the house. She's trick or treating is a much different like form of hospitality, right? Like one is like, oh, you're sick. Let me nurture and nurse you or whatever. And the other one is take this to not egg my house. Right. I mean, it's
0: yeah, I, I mentioned the Odyssey earlier and this book is very much about that kind of fear that arises around hospitality practices right will the stranger bring something unwanted into my home will i find myself harmed by going into
1: a stranger's home and eating is a very vulnerable moment in that that's true and also as i think about it i guess their their moment was they knew that she didn't like them And Robbie was sort of overcome by greed anyway. Mm -hmm. And so they sort of, it's true, like made themselves vulnerable to it. Yeah. Not not that I'm blaming them, but like. You can blame them. They kicked (laughs) a dog. (laughs) It's true. And ate a goldfish. (laughs) And squirrels. Live squirrels. But yeah, I guess if, if you're looking for that fairy tale moment of transgression, maybe that's what it is.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think the lesson is if you know someone's annoyed with you and doesn't really want to see you. You should probably just not go ask them for things. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's an important suburban lesson. Suburban living. (laughs) Well, how would you
1: rate this on a scale of one to five bewares? I'd give it like a three and a half. It went in some really wild directions and the protagonists were bananas. Yeah, again, some of that was undercut by the fact. I was like, when are they going to realize it's not full moon fever? But that it did is what it is.
0: Yeah, this book was very inconsistent for me, because there were some moments that were like solid fives, mm-hmm. like the story of the fifth grader, and then there were some moments
1: that were solid twos, like yeah. a lot of
0: wasted time.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of build up to the sort of main points that doesn't really actually build tension. But I enjoyed talking about it with you, and I would also give it a three and a half. Mm-hmm. Well, GoosePunks,
0: we want to know what you thought of Full Moon Fever. What are we reading next week? Slappy's Nightmare. Nah.
1: I mean, no, everyone's like, oh, you'll like it. I hope so. Because, I don't know, I just, every time Slappy pops up in my life, it's diminishing returns.
0: Yeah, well, you had a good experience the first time, like a really good experience. And it's been all downhill. Yeah. I and
1: like Night of the Living Dummy too. also. Yeah,
0: me too. Yeah, but then, but since then. Yeah. Yeah. He's sort of a one-trick pony. I mean, yes. I'm open to being convinced otherwise, but I do agree with you. But we'll see. I I hope to be surprised. Well, GoosePunks, we want to know what you thought of Full Moon Fever. Is this Willy Wonka? Is it House of a Thousand Corpses? Or is that redundant? (laughs) What's she doing with all that candy? Who do you picture as the demographic, I guess? You know how, like, some people buy Luna bars and some people buy Cliff bars? (laughs) Not the same kind of people. Be kind bars. What type of person would you see getting these bars?
1: Is Dr. Thorne really a doctor? Was he ever a doctor?
0: Did he kill his son or did his son kill him? Or did he ever have a son? These are the questions. You know,
1: get back to us. At saypodanddie at gmail.com. Or on Twitter and Instagram at saypodanddie. And while you're doing that, why not rate, review, and subscribe? Uh, Leave us five bewares wherever you rate your podcasts. Yeah. And um, you know what? Just
0: want to give a sidebar for social media interactions. I really enjoy interacting with you all on social media. Um, Andy, that's me. I'm the one who mostly does that. I also have a major side hustle right now. And so I will get caught up, but it's going to be fits and starts for a few, few more weeks here. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: we're all very tired here. It's not even the baby's fault. It's a little bit the baby's fault. There's a lot happening. <laughs> Let's say fault. Not fault. Um, it's a little bit the baby. It's a little bit some other stuff, yeah, it's it's a little bit the baby. It's a little bit work uh, for, for me, and a little bit side hustle, a little bit side hustle. so so in that on that note, listener beware those, those were, were the, the scares. scares. Good boo good boo. I turned to Mrs. Eakins. I hope you learned your lesson. I snarled. I hope you learned never to use your powers on kids again. Mrs. Ekins rubbed her throat. She stared at us angrily. Then she waved a hand at us, waved it as if casting a spell. Smaller and smaller, she called out hoarsely, still rubbing her throat. You will both grow smaller and smaller. Afraid that won't work, I cried happily. My sister and I both ate cure bars, and we have enough of them to last us a long, long time. Alicia and I ran through the open doorway, down the front lawn, leaping, jumping for joy. So happy, so happy. We'd nearly made it to the street when I began to feel funny. "'Strange, tingly all over.' "'I tripped over my jeans. "'My feet came out of my huge shoes. "'Huge shoes? "'Why were my clothes suddenly too big?' "'I turned to Alicia. "'I could see her shrinking, "'her face filled with horror. "'Let's eat another cure bar, fast!' "'Alicia cried. "'She raised a candy bar to her face. "'And then her mouth dropped open "'and her eyes bulged wide. "'Robbie, you did it again! "'Huh?' "'I stared at her. "'And then I lowered my eyes "'and read the name on the candy bar wrapper. Curse bar.
0: The strange silver light washed over me. It felt so cold. Cold as ice. The silver light vanished. I suddenly felt dizzy. My stomach lurched. I began to sweat. Chills made me shudder. And then my body started to change. My skin itched. Everything tingled and itched. My balls itched. (laughs) My eyeballs itched. (laughs)